0: This is an SBC Media Partners production. Swung on, hit high at the Right
1: Phillies fans, these are your glove
2: stories with Murph.
0: Let's check in with Greg Murphy. Murph, you got a special guest, huh? hi everyone and welcome to another episode of glove stories with burp great to have you with us our glove stories with burp is sponsored by Bet park's uh, sportsbook and casino app the shy vintage sports and the great folks in philly's nation we thank them for their support and we're really excited to welcome in this week's guest uh he spent over 50 years in the game of baseball and has done just about everything you can imagine uh from being a player in the big leagues to being a coach and a scout and a manager as well and so much more and uh and also just a a great person to be around and we learned that when he was the manager of the Phillies from 2015 to 2017. We welcome in Pete McCannon. Pete so good to see you and uh thanks for doing this we appreciate it.
3: No problem great to see you I'm happy that you're on them you're healthy and that's the main thing. You, the older okay. you get, you want to stay healthy, and that's what that's what we're hopefully going to continue to do.
0: Keep on knocking wood. That's that's what we're doing every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's let's talk about uh, you know I just said fifty years in baseball. When you stop to think about that, uh, first of all, what an awesome way. To make a living, right? You know, you get a chance to be in this beautiful game, and and uh, it started for you uh, obviously as a outstanding high school player, and you get drafted out of high school. Did you ever think is was it possible to believe that uh, that you'd spend fifty years in the game of baseball?
3: Well, when you said I was an outstanding high school. Player, it reminds me of Larry Boas' issues about not making his team. Yeah, my junior year in high school, I was on the team. I, I hit 209 in high school. In my junior year, I ended up turning into a little bit had a better hitter when I was a senior. But uh, no, I and then um, it, it's pretty hard to believe, you know, especially uh, now looking back on the roller coaster ride that it's been. But uh, plus, I've signed with the Washington Senators, who yes. hardly anybody knows who they are now anyway.
0: I know who they are. And and that's the thing. So a fourth round pick uh from uh by the Washington Senators. You were an 18-year-old coming out of high school out of Chicago.
3: 17. Uh, 17. I I did I I turned uh 18 August 1st.
0: That's right, because your birthday's coming up. I knew that. But uh (laughs) but so so what was that like? I mean, here you are kind of being uprooted, obviously, from, from the family and heading to rookie ball and uh you talk about a, a change of lifestyle. Um, here you are, a professional baseball player. that,
3: right You know what? It's funny because um, back then, players, you know, the uh, amateur players didn't, in spe- baseball especially, they didn't sp- spend that much time worrying about being drafted. We knew there were scouts around, but it, wasn't a, it didn't seem real to me anyway, especially hitting 209 my junior year. <laughs> so I never really even had a th- thought about it. But apparently my scout told me, Uh, later on, he, he came to see a pitcher on our team uh, play and he saw me make a play, taking ground balls at third base one day. And he said, Hey, I I like that kid's actions. And he looked at, you know, I was, I was probably, uh, at the time, six, one, maybe six foot six, one, 165 pounds or whatever. And he said that he thought that I would grow and get stronger and, and, you know, so on and so forth. So, and I had a relatively good career as a player.
0: Yeah, you know, and and we'll talk a little bit about the defense because I, I knew that's kind of where you excelled, obviously defensively. But um, you made a pretty, well, I, I'm giving you a lot of kudos. Just hey, thanks, thanks. <laughs> you you made a pretty rapid ascent through the minor leagues. I mean, you were only down there for four years. At every season, it seemed you jumped the level, and I mean, it you, you had to be doing something right at that point.
3: Well, you know, it's funny, I I look back at those playing, you know, and I had some good years in the minor leagues and some decent, a couple of decent years in the big leagues. Um, the thing about it was that I, I was, I I was kind of numb through the whole thing. When you look at my statistics at my first four years in the minor leagues, they weren't very good and they, you know, they were trying to, I think they were trying to get, get me up and out so they didn't have to watch me play (laughs) anymore, but, uh i was fortunate enough to get you know i got to the big leagues when i was 21 and i, I wasn't ready you know i, I wasn't ready for it uh, uh whitey herzog was the manager and um uh you know he got he got fired at the end of that he, no did he get he got fired I think, yeah that was at the end of that year yeah it was the end of the year billy martin took over so right. i went up for like six weeks my first stint in the big leagues in texas and then i got sent down and when i got back in in september as a call-up billy martin was the manager so it was it yeah. was uh
0: <laughs> what was that like? i mean you, you talk about two baseball lifers herzog and, and billy martin two guys that uh if you're a baseball fan you certainly know an awful lot about what, what was it like were, i would have were they similar kind of managers i think
3: not of- really you know you know um why do you let, let's put it this way Murph, you know, back then I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't one of those players who at that, at that young age, who was measuring, you know, up my, my manager, checking out, what do I thought of? I just, just went with the flow, you know, he he is what he is and whatever. And certainly Whitey was a lot more, let's let's put it easier going than Billy. Billy was a little bit more uh, feisty to say the least. And he was, the thing about Billy was that, uh, he, um, he respected you enough to where he, but you know, all you had to do was play hard for Billy. You know, he might not have liked you as a player uh, or whatever, but if you played hard, you had no problem with Billy Martin. The same thing with Whitey Herzog. Whitey was, Whitey was just easy to get, to get along with us, but you know, he, I didn't hit much for him. Um, it was a pleasure to be, to, to see these, both of these guys in action.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine it was. And so, so let's go back because you you make your debut, um, late in what? 73, I think it it was
4: right. And, um, you're, you're, you're getting a chance to play a little bit. Right. And
3: check this out. Yeah. My first game in the big leagues. Um, well, the, the day I got there, David Clyde, the 18 year old was, he was signed. If you remember him. And I was, I was hoping I wouldn't play when he made his debut that that next day and they would, and they didn't play me on that game, but my, the next day they played me and I, I played shortstop. You want to talk about, uh, you know, glove love. What, what's the name of the show? Gloves yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: um,
3: we're playing the white Sox. I'm from Chicago. I knew it was on television. I'm an, I'm a nervous record play. My knees were shaking. I'm at shortstop. Once again, I wasn't ready for the big leagues, but I was out there and, uh, First, first ball of the, uh, the game, ground ball to me. Of it's course. like a, I take two steps to my right. I get in front of it. It takes one of those funny little hops, hits the heel of my glove. I make an error. First batter of the game, and I'm, I'm right there. I said, "You got to be kidding me! This is this doesn't look good." The umpire, uh, I think it was Bill Kunkel, he came over and he said, "Hey, that's okay, kid. You're going to get a ground ball. Or you're going to turn a double play." I got a two hop ground ball right at me, threw it in the right field. The first two hitters of the game, I made two errors. <laughs> you talk about being scared to death the rest of the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, get that. I got through it and, um, uh, I made the next, next game. I made another error, but then the, the, the following 30 games I played in, I didn't make an error. I played very good, very good defense and, uh, but didn't hit much. Yeah, well, so what, do yeah. Yeah. No, what do you remember about?
0: Yeah, uh, but that's a great one. what do you remember about your first hit? Because you got it in, in your second game that you played, uh, and you went on a tour two game hit streak. You had another one the next day. So, um, what do you remember about that?
3: Well, well, the thing I remember the first major league pitcher I faced was it wasn't a hard throwing. You know, you you think okay, you get to the big leagues, they're going to throw hundred miles an hour. They're you know they're just going to be have nasty stuff. Wilbur Wood, a n- big, fat knuckleball pitcher. I shouldn't say <laughs> fat. He was pudgy. <laughs> Knuckleballs, all four. Kn- I grounded out to third base four times. Just <laughs> At least I hit the ball, right? Yeah, right. And, but, and it was a doubleheader. And the second game was uh, uh, when I got my first hit off of Stan Bonson, who was a pretty prolific pitcher in his day.
0: Yeah, so uh, a pretty special moment, obviously, uh, at that point. The family was there at that point, uh, do you remember?
3: No, I was. this was in Texas. My oh, family yeah. was in Chicago. So right. Back right. then they didn't, you know, they didn't travel like they do. Did. <laughs> <But,
0: laughs> they, they didn't get on the charter, to, to no, charter.
3: They didn't even want to watch me play. So they didn't yeah. come out to see me play.
0: You know, you said a couple times that you weren't ready for the big leagues. You weren't ready for the big leagues. But look, you, you spent parts of nine seasons in the big leagues. You played 100, you know, 30 games I think uh one season with Montreal. So at some point you must have felt like, okay, I belong. you remember when that kind of well, started happening for, happening for it?
3: You know, I, it, it's, it's funny because my first year, <clears throat> not my first year, but when I got traded to the Expos, I, I, I remember playing in Shea stadium and uh, Tom Seaver was pitching mm-hmm. and I was scuffling through to, to see if I, I was wondering if I was good enough to play in the big leagues, right? It just kind of wasn't sure. And, uh, I went all for four against Tom Seaver. And I remember going into the clubhouse and taking a shower thinking, well, you know what he's that's Tom Seaver. You know, he's, and then it hit me when I got to the ho- my hotel room, I said, wait a minute. If you want to play in the big leagues, you better not think that it's okay because it's Tom Seaver. Cause there's other Tom Seavers out there. I mean, they're not quite Tom Seaver, but there's other really good. And if you, if you, if you want to play here, you better start competing instead yeah. of, making those kind of comments. And, and I did, and I, after about a month or two, I started feeling a lot better about myself and then, um, as it went along, you just, you keep battling and fighting and try to do the best you can. And, and, uh, I lasted, you know, the thing about me is, uh, you said, I must've been doing something right. I, for those nine seasons, I had a 226 lifetime batting average. Now you, it's pretty hard to stay in the big leagues nine years, with, you know, when you have a 26 batting average. But the thing I did well is I could play multiple positions. I could right. I could run well enough to steal a base here and there. Uh, I can go from first to third and score from first to home. I, I knew I could I was a good bunter. I did all the little things right. I could move a runner. Uh I played hard and uh didn't make a lot of stupid mistakes. Well, a couple that I, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Inevitable, inevitable.
0: Yeah, yeah. I and, and you know, along the way, I would imagine. You know, you obviously get more confident. You get a little bit more comfortable in your own skin. But you know, uh, you had, you did have some success. You know, as you played, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I'm getting depressed over here, Pete. No, I. You know, I'm looking. At, I looked at back at your numbers, and and there were seasons where you know, I, I think you probably finished up the seasons felt like, uh, okay, you know, that was that was pretty good, right?
3: Well, yeah, when I, when I, you know, my first year in in the big leagues, I mean, with the Expos, I had 12 home runs and I'll never forget. I was, I was, uh, it, we're going into September. I had, I had 12 home runs and I think 40, 50 ish ribbies. And I was hitting about two sixty with a month to go. And I, and I, I thought to myself, well, you know what, for my first full year in the big leagues, that's not a bad year. I mean, it's a good start to, to build on. And I, I. So what I did was in the month of uh, September, I just made. sure I said, "Pete, don't screw this up." Instead of trying to hit two seventy or two eighty, the rest, you know, I and I played. I won't say scared, but I played very defensively, um, and didn't really get after it. And, I, and my my batting average just went way down. And you know, these are the type of things that fortunately uh, you can use for to teach young players about. You know that type of thing. That, you know my motto one of my well my main motto is that uh, I'm, a, I'm an experienced baseball guy this was is would be what i tell the players i'm experienced and what experience is is an, an accumulation of mistakes made over time yeah. and i've made every mistake you can make and you share that with the young player and if they're smart they listen to you and, they, and if they're not then they go their own way
0: yeah no doubt about it and, and that it's certainly probably was a, a big part of what made you successful uh as a as a coach and scout and, and a manager as well um and we'll talk about that in a minute but i, I want to ask you uh from a teammate standpoint um you you played with a lot of really talented guys when you were in philadelphia uh you know you were in philly for a short period as a player but those were those were pretty good teams i mean those were teams that were contending for the national league pennant at the time they were contending for a world series uh, you played with Larry Bola, I, I know, and I know there was a great deal of respect as you watched him play, uh, who, who are some of the guys that you remember? and think to yourself, wow, how cool is that? that I got a chance to play with him. Well, you
3: know, I, I got picked up on waivers at the end of the 78 season and they were going for the division and, uh, to be actually, I, I pinch hit and drove in a, a game winning run. And it was the, it turned out to be the game winning, go ahead run in like a seventh or eighth inning. I grounded out to short, but the guy in third scored type of thing. So yeah. <laughs> I'll take it, you know, I, I, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, that Pete Rose was on that team, Boa, Manny trio, uh, you know, Schmidt Luzinski, Carlton. Uh, it was, uh, kind of, it was fun. It was fun at the same time, a little, uh, intimidating, you know, for me, because I, I had come from, uh, the expos. Which wasn't that good of a team at the time, and yeah. joined the Phillies, and then unfortunately unfor- I I made the team the following year, but I hurt my elbow and had I was out most of the year, and at, that was '79. And actually, '80 was the year they came out with orth- orthoscopy. '79 they didn't have it, so okay. I was.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah! Hey, uh, I, I I just wanted—I I didn't get a chance to uh, preface this by saying we got a special guest coming on. It just scared uh, me when, his, when he when
3: came on the
5: screen.
0: materializes anywhere, and and <laughs> he wanted to come on and say hi. The voice of uh, the Philadelphia Phillies or radio. AP,
5: hey, what time is it there? <laughs>
0: it's
3: uh, twenty to eleven.
0: <laughs> We're just waking That's an up. an
3: inside <laughs> joke.
5: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Scott, I know you uh, you, you wanted to, to jump on and, and ask uh, Pete a question here on Glove Stories, so uh, the floor is yours. It's kind of like this is your life, Pete.
5: Yeah, Pete, uh, Pete, I want to know how you keep your hair looking so good.
3: <laughs> I, I just spit in my hands and just <laughs> push it back. Hey, why don't you tell us a harrowing story of your days playing in Venezuela?
0: There you go. Well,
3: um, <sighs> where can I begin? You know my 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 best <clears throat> the thing about venezuela was i loved it there my wife loved it it, w- it was it was a great country at the time and uh um that i that i spent there as a player and as a manager but uh the thing that stuck out with me is when i managed there uh we i managed in maracaibo uh, four years i think it was but we would have a game, let's say in Aragua or Maracaibo, and it was a seven hour bus trip back to Maracaibo. So after a night game in Maracaibo, we would have to take the bus back to America, to Maracaibo and got in early in the morning when the sun would be coming up. Well, our bus didn't have anywhere to go. No, didn't have a bathroom on the bus. So we, every, every. 20 minutes, somebody said, Pete, I got Pete. I have to go to the bath. I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Finally, I said, look, here's what we're doing. We're going to stop and eat. We're going to stop at this place down the road in in two hours. We're going to stop at another two hours, and then we're going to go on our way. We might make one more stop, but that's it. And, um, it, it worked and it was kind of funny because every time we'd stop in the middle of the countryside. There'd be an Oasis with this one, like gas, not a gas station, but I forget what they call them, but just a refueling place. But the guy I said, look, you got 20 minutes. I knew that it'd take longer, but I wanted to just say 20 minutes. So they'd get their, their food and they'd, they'd go back on the road. And on the other side of the road, they'd set up bottles and they'd all about, about eight or 10 of them would bring out their pistols and they'd start, uh, Target practice, yeah. <laughs> so I'd, come, I'd come walking out, you know, I got my stuff and then, you know, I'd go, okay, it's been a half an hour. All right, guys, put the guns away. Let's go. You know, they keep shooting and I'd go, come on, let's go.
0: <laughs> it totally happens today as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, no doubt. That's great stuff. Uh, yeah, Scott, you got uh, you got anything else for Pete? I did you know, it, do you want to ask him about his days w- with us? I mean, how much he enjoyed spending time with you? Uh, I'm sure he oh, did, right? I'm
5: sure he had a great time hanging with me every
0: day.
3: No, I enjoyed it. I, I miss you guys. You know, yeah. that's the thing I miss the most is the people that I've worked with, and and um, it's been. I got some a, a couple of pretty good glove stories that I could tell you if you if you want to hear it.
1: Go ahead, go ahead.
3: So so I'm in Minnesota, and. Um, we're in the Yankees, we're playing the Yankees in Yankee stadium. This is 1980. Gene mocks the manager and there's two outs in the bottom of the ninth with the, the tying run on third base and um, Willie Randolph is the hitter. And Brad Corbett was our, our closer at the time. He had a nasty sinker and gene used to have right-handed hitter. He would play the shortstop way in the hole like a shift i'd be right in the hole sure enough two outs tying run on third base willie hits a high chopper over the pitcher's head and i'm i right away as soon as he hit it i said "Ah, you got to be kidding me so i'm i sprint at this ball and i make probably the best play i've ever made in my life anywhere i barehanded it's boom boom and i and i throw the guy out by get it by a half a step i'm going up the, the runway gene says you know if 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 you ran for mayor in, in Minneapolis, you, 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 when you become the next mayor, that was a great play. So at the time we didn't have cell phones. So I get to the hotel room and I call Nancy, my wife, and <laughs> just say, you know, and the game was on TV. So I call her, I gave her one of those, you know, wait till she, wait till she, <laughs>
5: the
3: minute she, she said, Pete, you won't believe this. I said, what? She said, I've been in the parking lot this whole time with our son, Shane. There was a, a, a tornado that touched down right outside of Minneapolis. We had to go in. The, and I said, so you didn't see the game? She said, no, the game. Nobody saw the game because of the tornado. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Are you the best thing I've ever done in, in my major league career? And nobody
4: saw it. <laughs> uh,
0: we should tweeted it out at that point. You know, God, it was a good play. Oh, that's funny. So so did you ever get to see it again? Was there a replay of well, it anywhere?
3: Actually, actually there there was a thing back then they used to call it Twib Notes this week in baseball. Yeah, sure. And on Saturdays or whenever it was. And I was defensive play of the week. So you made TWIB Notes.
0: Yeah, Twib Notes was wow. you. I remember that as a kid for sure. Yeah.
3: But at the time, my wife wasn't very happy. So I said, okay, well, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's the best thing I ever did. Uh, we have another uh, uh, guest that's coming in, popping oh. in. You might remember that guy as well. Uh, Tim McCarthy. The television voice of the Philadelphia Tim. Phillies. Tom- hey, God, is you your hair still
1: in? fake? <laughs> yeah. Because you're retired now. You don't need to wear your fake hair anymore.
0: <laughs> you get a lot of comments about the hair on your feet.
3: Well, yeah, you know, i my son, my son's not real happy
5: with me because he's got, he's got power alleys going. I'll tell you, a few years ago, uh, this is some years ago, I, we were at a charity event. It was one of those bowling events that some player had. I don't know which player had it, but uh, all the players, all the coaches that are there, everybody's getting introduced. And I'm up in the balcony of the facility. Uh, There's you know pool tables and you know gaming tables and different stuff. And there's a lot of fans just hanging around. They don't know I'm standing there. I'm just kind of laying in the weeds, and they're introducing everybody. Hey, here's Jimmy Rollins. Here's so and so. Here's whatever. They go. Here's Pete McCannon. And clear as a bell, the guys next to me go. They all look at each other. They all say,
1: man, he's got great hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something going. I got that going for me. Sure you sure do. You sure do. You got a nice chair there, too. Is that like a presidential suite? No, it's like a Southwest type chair. You know It's, oh. got, it's, it's, it's got a nice little set. got setup. rivets in it.
3: No, it's a little, you know, the, like cowboy stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a cowboy. <laughs> I, I i still have remember when chooch bought everybody those uh cowboy hats yeah i still have it here i wear it once in a while oh you I do like hey, i'm tom, in the southwest like i'm
0: a cowboy you can get away with that uh, out there in arizona uh, oh yeah. yeah Uh tom uh, did you have uh something specific you wanted to, to ask pete
1: no not really <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> well prepared as always. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> oh boy. You know what? Why do I why do I bring these two anywhere? Right? Uh, no. Um, no. It, it, you know when they heard that you were coming on, they they, they like clamored. They were they were fighting to, to get to be a part of Club Series. And I'm very selective. But I I uh,
1: debated on whether I was going to shower before or after the. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I wasn't sure which. <laughs> I tell you,
5: well, one, they, of my, one of my more interesting days uh, on this job and doing this job. Uh, was the day that Ryan Sandberg quit and yeah. uh, that Pete took over. and I don't know if you guys had already talked a little bit about that, but uh, I still remember I remember it very vividly going in to you know record the manager's show uh, amid tons of boxes that are being filled up and loaded up and basically hauled away That's right and Pete and I are sitting on the couch uh, <laughs> <in> the manager's <laughs> office in Rhino's old office and we're getting ready to tape the pregame show. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And you were you were you look like a a guy who had been blindsided a little.
0: Bit. <laughs> yeah, well, well, what was the feeling that, on that day for you, Pete?
3: Well, I was in the video room at the time and watching uh, a movie. Yeah, Greg That's Castoriato came up. <laughs> Castri Greg Castoriato came down and said, uh, "Pete, um, uh, yeah, it was Ruben. Ruben wants to see you upstairs, and I think Pat Gillick was there too. I can't, yeah." Anyway, Reuben wants to see you immediately. I thought I'm getting fired. Yes. You know, <laughs> well, I said, I'm fired again, you know? So I, I said, you know what he wants? Greg, Greg had it like a stern face. And he said, no, I don't know what they, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything, you know? So <laughs> I, I walk up I take the elevator up and I sit on, and basically it they, they filled me in on that Rhino had, had quit and resigned. And uh, Ruben said, We'd like you to um uh manage the the rest of the homestand, there's three games left, right? We'd like you to take over for the next three games. I went, Oh wow, really? What (laughs) What an opportunity! (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's funny because when I took over the Cincinnati Reds team. My contract was each day, for each day you man you're managing the team you will get, get paid at this rate, you know. So, really? <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm thinking, were <laughs> you kidding me? You? you know, this is a half a season left. You know, give me a give me a chance. I mean, anyway, so we I think we won two out of three. We might have won all three games that that weekend, and I'm not sure, but. And then Ruben said, well, well, we'll, you know, you go on the road trip and, and uh, we'll see how it went. We, we, it was a West coast trip. And I'll never forget. We, we did, we, we did, we really won, played real good baseball. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll get another week out of this or something. You know? <laughs> anyway, I, and then it just kind of built, went from there. And, uh, at, at that point, um, like I said, I just kept going day by day and hoping that we'd win.
0: Mm-hmm. Peter, a couple of times you said when we were talking about your playing days that you didn't feel like you were ready. You weren't You weren't ready. But when you got the opportunity, you had, you had managed briefly in Pittsburgh, briefly in Cincinnati. When you got the opportunity in Philly, did you think to yourself, I am I'm ready for this. Give me give me that opportunity and I can run with it.
3: Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I as a manager, I always felt that I was ready for, for the for the job because I had done so much managing in the minor leagues, had had some, a winning record, had won some championships and, and uh, managed in Latin America. We won the Caribbean world series after winning the Venezuelan championship. So I had success as a manager and I, I always felt over the course of time that I learned enough through my mistakes to where I knew what exactly how I wanted to be when I managed. When I first started managing in the minor leagues, I was an old school manager. I was, a, I yelled and screamed and, you know, I, that's just the way it was. It was, you know, it was hate me now, love me later. Cause I'm trying to help you get, you know, that type of thing. But, uh, o- over time, I just st- started realizing that, uh, you know, a, if you got good players and they perform, you're going to win. And mm-hmm. its it, you just got to keep everything together. And I think that's what made Charlie uh, Manuel so, so good. Um, he had the he kept the temperature at the right t- temperature all the time. He was good with the players and kept them going positive. And he had his moments, but in general, he was a good uh, players manager.
1: Yeah. Well, that's where uh, Pete and I first met was in 1994. He was the Bowie base Sox manager. Oh, that's right. And I was, uh, you had more hair than I think. I did have more hair. I parted it to the side and it was really flowing. Um, <laughs> so we, i was doing uh i was my first year doing minor league baseball and i was the radio guy and the pr guy for the trenton thunder so i used to have to go into pete's office and tell him if there was gonna be a rain delay or not uh which was you know which was i hated anyway doing it having do do that to the visiting manager but one time i was doing the game on television and rick serone the former catcher was was doing the color commentating and i was in the back of the office when Rick and Pete were talking about Rick Forney pitching that night, and Pete goes, "You know, he's going to throw a no hitter today." <laughs> yeah, and, and he happened? threw a no hitter. <laughs> no, it was a perfect game. He threw a perfect game, seven inning perfect game. <laughs> that was unbelievable. He
3: said, "What do you, what do you, what can you expect from Forney? I said, "I, I, I got a feeling he's going to throw a no hitter today."
1: <laughs> and he did. <laughs> perfect I a game. <laughs> I, I still have the 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 uh, the uh, lineup card from that. I have my book still I still have the book uh from there that's a great story I think yeah yeah were you,
0: it, <laughs> were you saying that just to be a smart ass or are you saying yes that
1: just, he was saying that to be a smart ass ever seen, uh, we did we say ass think? on this yeah,
3: huh? yeah. <laughs> oh it just I don't know I don't know what he's gonna do you know yeah I'm hoping he has a good game and you know I
1: just you know you he know he's blurted, mad. I blurted it out. He's <laughs> managing in the independent leagues. And, uh, Tommy, my son, was playing against him and he was telling him this that story, Rick Forty, and he kind of looked at him like, he did? <laughs> oh, he didn't know. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no pressure.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I, well, Scott, Tom, final thoughts for for Pete? I know we're, you know, we're going to see him in a couple of weeks when we head out to Arizona, perhaps, maybe. Oh, I'd, I'd, like or, to- he,
1: or are you vacationing at that point? You won't see us. No, heck no. Uh,
3: yeah. I'm... You know, usually here, you'd like to get out of the heat during the summer. A lot of people go somewhere to get out of the heat, but we're having our monsoon season right now. We're getting a lot of rain and, and for this week, for, I think for the next seven or eight days, the temperature is not going to go over a hundred, which is awesome.
1: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: Yeah. It's the so I'm
3: going to, I plan on coming to a game or two.
0: Tom can get you tickets. He knows people. So.
5: I get your tickets. Can you? Yeah, last yeah. last year, Pete didn't come to the game, but he he came to the hotel after the game. That's <laughs> right. And he pulls up, uh, you know, it's 10 o'clock or whatever. And he pulls up next to me at the bar and, and I turn and I look and I say, Pete McCann. And he looks at me and I said, how the heck are you? And he looks at me and he says, I don't have to tell you anything.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: uh, it's so great. Exactly
0: right. Exactly right. See you in a few weeks, Pete.
1: It's yeah. okay. Thanks for stopping by.
0: God, Tom. Thanks, bucks
1: Appreciate it. pleasure.
3: Hey, uh, how much are we getting paid for this, uh, Yeah, it's. See, wait a minute. See, I know that. <laughs> I knew that was – I knew you did. You were. <laughs>
0: So I, I have to grease these guys through just about anything. That's the way it works. All right, I'll see you guys as uh, we finish up. Uh, we'll Get them t- off the
1: screen. Get <laughs> hey, Murph, how many Altoids you got left in that can behind you? Uh,
0: plenty, if you need okay. some. <laughs> yeah.
1: See you, Pete. See you. Thanks, Tom.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it, it, the best part, as you said, about a life in baseball is getting an opportunity to, to be around your teammates, the other coaches, the other people in the organization i know in the period of time that we were lucky enough to have you got you here and um you know we got we had a lot of fun and, and when you think back to those days in philadelphia i mean you here, you were here in 09 obviously World yeah. series team and a ton of success and then back again after that um it was it was a pretty special time in your baseball career wasn't it here in philly
3: you're not kidding i you know we we um i had never been associated with a team with that good of a hitting team, you know, yeah. um, the pitching was, was, they were competitors, you know, the pitchers were, they were, they were winning type, they had winning type attitudes, but the, 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 the uh, offense was just unreal. I, i my wife and I used to laugh at this. I, I said, Nancy, you know, cause she's been with me up my whole career. You ever seen, how about, you ever seen anything like this? She said, no, but how great is this? I mean, we could be down by four or five runs in the seventh or eighth inning. And we, I felt like we were going to win the game. It was, it was that fantastic and uh, so much fun to, to just to watch, to see. And, um, uh, just a real pleasure. And then even in 10, 2010, we, we got, we, we fell short, but we played well. We won more games at nine, 10, 11. We won the what? 11, 102 games.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, then, and then 12, uh, we played 500 and I got fired. At
0: <laughs> so, yeah. But only for a short period of time. They, yeah. 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 That was,
5: that was, that was weird. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You went over to the Yankees for right at that moment, the, that's a scout. And then, and then, yeah, uh, by, the I, next, by the next season, you were back.
3: It's funny when I, you know, in 07, um, in, in well, 06 and set, in half of 07, I was the uh, advanced scout for the Reds. Um, Jerry Nairn got fired in July and I took over for the last half of the year and got fired. And the Yankees hired me to, to scout. So I was all settled in. And they, um, Rhino, at the end of the, the September, or sometime in September, Rhino, after the season, I think it was, Rhino called me and asked me if I'd like to coach for him. I said, "Sure." I said, "Is it okay with the rest of the people in the with the Phillies?" He said, "Yeah." So I go back to the Phillies, okay? And and you uh, know, in 09, four yeah. years, right? And then um get get uh, get fired. 2013 the Yankees signed me again. Uh oh, that was that was when
0: Rhino, Yeah. And then, and then Rhino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, the first one was uh, Ruben called me. That was it. Okay. So it's been, it's weird.
0: Was it a no brainer to come back? I mean, when when Rano asked. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, and the, the thing I felt bad about is because, is because um, th- what happened in, in 07, when I, when I went to, I signed with the Yankees originally, I signed and, and I scouted in 08. I'm trying to get this right here. So at the end of the season, um, I get offered a three-year contract. For a nice, nice contract. And I'm going, you gotta be kidding me. So I I, I agreed to the contract. And this that same day or the day at next, the day after before I signed everything, um, Ruben called me and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, I would, Ruben. I said, but you know what? I need I I said, I need at least a two-year contract. I can't I can't go for one year. I said you know, I just got offered a three-year deal. And he said, I said, I, I, I am not lying. I'm not, he said, I'm, I know you're not lying. So he called me back 10 minutes later and offered me to a two-year contract. So yeah, that was good. That was nice. And then just a the funny, funny career moves, you know, yeah. baseball. You, you, you stay in there long enough. That's going to happen to you.
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it happens to all of us. Happened to me, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's just the way it works. Uh, any regrets? Is there anything that, uh, that, that you didn't get to do that? I mean, you know, obviously winning it all, uh, you know, but, but any regrets in terms of the career that that you didn't get a chance to do?
3: Well, I don't, I don't regret any choices I made. Um, I, I regret the fact that I wasn't given an opportunity to, you know, I wasn't given a three or four year deal, you know, with the team. It was, I always seem to be, inheriting a, a rebuilding team or a team that needed to get somewhere. And once they started getting somewhere, they'd get somebody else. And, uh, I, I feel like, you know, I, I've managed enough, not only in the, in the U S but in Latin America. And, and, uh, um, I even, when they had that in 89, they had that, uh, senior league, I was, a, I play, I was a player manager in, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've done everything, you know, but. Yeah. I regret the fact that I wasn't given a longer chance to stay with a team with, with good player, you know, yeah. winning players and,
0: um, yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll say this and I, and I mean, it sincerely. we regretted that too. Cause we, we all believed at that point in 2017 that you had earned, uh, the right, cause the team was starting to, to play better, you know, under, under your tutelage, they were playing better. Uh, they were starting to add some pieces in, you know, <laughs>
6: I and,
3: have to laugh at, I had to, you know, I, Fortunately for me, it's funny because that, that, that year, if you remember, I was extended they, or my option was picked up in May for yeah. 2018. And then in, at the end of the season, Matt said, you're not coming back. I said, wait a minute, didn't, didn't you just extend me? But then he offered me some work, you know, to, to continue yeah. on in a different capacity,
0: in a different capacity. And, uh, and you know, that was the 50 plus years that, uh, you know, which was, which is a special number. Not there's not many guys that can say they, uh, spent that much time in the game of baseball. You should be awful proud of that.
3: Fifth. I am I 52 years in any industry or any, any job is a long time.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Well, you look like you could still do it, uh, for sure. But, uh, that's probably because you're not <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that too right am I <laughs> i mean you're not you're you're relaxed now you're stress free you're you're living the good life and uh and that's a good thing so um c- congratulations and, hey look we we really appreciate you you jumping on and, and sharing some of the stories we done yeah well i don't want to keep you too too long no that's okay. that's the way it works you know we're uh we're, we're full service here we tell the stories and then we get out but um yeah, you know, we really appreciate it. Um, you've always been a, a great storyteller. You've always made all of us laugh uh, <laughs> before games and after games. Um, the perspective that you brought each and every day to the ballpark was was certainly refreshing, and and I for one appreciated it. And uh, and uh, so I thank you for that.
3: Thanks, Murph. Hey, best of luck in what what you're doing here. This this Thanks. has been fun for me.
0: Thank you. Pete McCann, joining us here on Glove Stories with Murph. We'll take a break, but more to come, so stay with us. The all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app is here for both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Get in on all the action, whether it's baseball, the basketball and hockey playoffs, golf, all your favorite sports. Download the all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app and make your first bet risk free up to $750. Bet more than the score. Bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, and strikeouts. Bet innings, first team to score, and more. Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend—the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony, right in your pocket. Sportsbook and all your favorite casino games for real money, all in one amazing app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. Download right now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at betparks.com, and use my promo code MURF. Bet Parks is also an official proud betting operator of the PGA Tour. The all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Welcome to This Week in Philly Baseball History presented by Scheib Vintage Sports. This week in 2015, Cole Hamels threw a no-hitter in his final start with Philadelphia. The left-hander struck out 13 Chicago hitters in a 5-0 win at Wrigley Field. Hamels, Terry Mulholland, and Johnny Lush are the only Philadelphia left-handers to throw a no-hitter. Celebrate more Philly sports history with clothing from Shab Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them at 13th and Walnut Streets or at shabesports.com. Philly's
0: Nation is your source for breaking news, original analysis, trade insights, and more. Read today's articles at PhilliesNation.com. And welcome back to Glove Stories with Murph. And It's the time on the program where we welcome in Larry Boa and Charlie Emanuel, get their thoughts on some, uh, well, some big thought items in and around Major League Baseball. And as we approach and get into the trade deadline time in Major League Baseball, I wanted to get uh, your guys' thoughts on, uh, well, trade deadline deals that either did happen, didn't happen, uh, were wildly successful or complete bust back when you were players and coaches uh, in major league baseball. So, uh, Charlie, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, c- can you think of a trade deadline deal that, uh, had a huge impact, uh, whether you were a manager or a player at the time that, um, that you could tell us a little bit about whether it was a positive or a negative.
4: Yeah. You know, Murph, the uh, I think the one that just pops into my mind and, uh, that really uh, Matt Stairs. I mean, yes. this, to me, I mean, you're right. like the more I think about it. You know, when somebody says, uh, "I, I say I remember when we got Matt Stairs. You know, like and and the uh, fact that uh, the big hit he got definitely was a uh, one of the bigger hits in our uh, organization history, yeah. and uh, definitely uh, played a part in us advancing on in, in into the World Series of stuff. Yeah,
0: Sturzee a great one. And he got, I mean, we all remember the hit in L.A., obviously, the home run in L.A. But he also got a couple of other big ones at the end of the season and going into the postseason. And then I think, you know, Charlie, we can easily add Joe Blanton to that list because, you know, here's a guy that came over without any fanfare, really, and perhaps with some people rolling their eyes and saying, really, this is what you're bringing us. And how good was Joe Blanton for you guys down there?
4: Joe Blanton was one of our starters and also and also you remember during the uh the playoff days when won the World Series in 208, especially the game in Milwaukee, Blanton threw a big time game that day. Nice. Uh that right there might have been a career game for him. Yeah. And uh uh that's good, don't you, you can give me some help on this because we you know, like we've made uh, uh acquisitions on our team at the midway point. Uh our guys were always good at that. Ed Wade. Uh, uh actually uh, uh pat gillick and those guys and reuben they always look they always look at that time of the year you know like to uh, uh give us some help and uh uh we got scott Air and some guys that definitely yep. played a part in helping us out of a bullpen uh, and even uh those there there's pictures besides scott arrow that we got that helped us but okay. at the same time too it's those are kind of Tough for me to re- really remember a whole lot about them, but at the same time, too, we 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 got help.
0: Yeah, it's it's reminiscent of of what happened last season with the Atlanta Braves. You know, they bring it; they get uh, riddled by injury at the at the trade deadline. Folks pretty much think they're going to be sellers. They decide to be buyers. They go in and they get four or five different pieces, none of which uh, I don't know that anyone thought were going to be superstar pieces going forward. But obviously, all five. Uh, acquisitions that they brought in were outstanding for them in the second half of the season and right on through the playoffs in the World Series and a huge reason why they won it all. Um, and, and in a similar situation, that's kind of how it was uh, with the Phillies acquisitions in 08. Everybody that, that that Pat and the guys brought in seemed to have a little bit of an impact. Uh, Larry, what about you? Uh, as a member of the team or a manager, what what, what are your thoughts?
6: I think uh, the, the biggest one for me was when I was with the Cubs in 84 when we got Rick Sutcliffe Okay. From Cleveland, I mean, he came over and he solidified that the Cubs hadn't won in I don't know how many years. We ended up winning the division. Of course, we lost to San Diego. But Sut came over with Mel Hall. And if I'm not mistaken, I, 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 my my memory's not quite what it was, but I think yeah. Joe Carter was involved in that trade. Oh, how about that? Going, going to Cleveland, it was yeah. a monster trade. Yeah. And it, it, Rick Sutcliffe won the Cy Young that year. Yeah, But he came over and he just pitched lights out. Uh, That was huge. The one in 80 we had, we didn't get the guy on the roster for the World Series because it came after August 1st, but we got Sparky Lyle. And he came in. People don't realize that we got him. He wasn't eligible for the World Series because we got him too late. But that was another big trade. And then we made when I was with the Dodgers, we made another trade that helped really improve our infield and everything. And and Charlie was over there then uh, with Cleveland. We got Casey Blake from Cleveland. In, in one of those trades and they got the catcher sent back in return who now plays first base. He played first base for Cleveland and and now he's playing first base for Seattle. But uh, that was a monster trade for yeah. us. So they don't seem like a lot. But then when yeah. you, we sit back and you look at how the outcome of it was, especially the Cub one with Sutcliffe and Mel Hall, that was a monster trade for us.
0: Yeah, and Sutcliffe went on to have such a great career as a Cub too. Uh, but yes. yeah, you know, you think about the impact that he had that season, getting you guys to the postseason. Can imagine what Chicago was like at that point as oh. you guys were closing in on the division.
4: Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, any any uh, ones that didn't work out that you can that you can think of? Um, I know, obviously, they don't stick in your memory as much, probably because uh, they don't work out. So we tend to forget those things, but. Anybody?
6: You know, that that's a good question. Uh, we made a trade with the the Mets, I think, when we got Dykstra. And we got the two relievers, a lefty and a righty. Uh, I'm trying to think of their names, but the, the pitching part of it didn't work out. Okay. We thought they were going to pitch better. Obviously, Dykstra definitely that worked. worked out. He was huge. We had to give up some guys, though. We gave up Sammy. Uh, so the, the, those things happened. And then we made another trade. I don't know if it was at the deadline, but it was during the middle of the summer when we traded Willie Martinez to the Giants for Gary Maddox.
0: Yeah, and huge
6: one. a huge trade. And at the time that happened, in fact, Gary Maddox kids me kids me all the time. I keep saying when they said, "Hey, we traded Martinez, I said, "They said you got Gary Maddox." I said, "Who else did we get?" And Maddox to this day says, "Who a- else did we get?" <laughs> Are you kidding me? Who might have been one of the best center fielders I've ever seen play? Yeah. So those things like that. Th- those are tough calls because you're, you're getting a guy and you're hoping he can come in and people don't understand Murph, when when you come from another team to a team that's, that's, that's winning and they're supposed to win. There's a lot of pressure on that guy. You know, they got to get used to the atmosphere in the clubhouse. They got to get used to new teammates and everyone in the, in the city knows, Hey, you got this guy to get you over the hump. It doesn't always work out that way. There's a lot of pressure on those guys that yeah. get traded
0: right at the deadline no no doubt about it no doubt that much like free agency at the beginning of the season that trade deadline right. acquisition uh gary said what do you mean two people i cover the outfield like two people you only <laughs> need <only meet> me <laughs> he probably
6: uh, covered it like three people <laughs> yeah he probably
0: did uh charlie final thoughts on on trades i mean just uh how important they can be uh it, for a team that uh is trying to to get back to the postseason hypothetically for the first time in a decade um yeah but, but- uh, yeah
4: yeah, Murph, like uh, like like you're talking. I can't I can't remember one that I thought that was was, was bad for us. Really, uh, I'll go back and I'll stay on the women side of it. There, there, at one time when we was in the postseason, when we talked about Matt stars on our bench, you know when you can uh, definitely in, uh, increase the roster in September. We had like three or four left-hand hitters there. We had Tracy, we had Dobbs, we had Matt Stiers, uh we had somebody else, and I'm trying to, I can't re- remember, if, if I'm not mistaken, we had four down hitters on our bench, and we had a solid bench going down through September. Now, in the playoffs, the World Series, of course, I don't think Tracy was on our team, but uh, right. our guys, know. for some reason, the guys that we bought in are, and I missed J.C. Uh, Romero in a pitching when I named Big him. One. You know, yep. like that was a big one. You know, like in, uh, and and uh, our our management was always good at at increasing. You know, like uh, our team and, and and most deals worked out. I can't I can't remember one that really stood out. So you know, like it must he, they must not have made too too many bad ones.
0: Yeah, well, that was <laughs> a pretty pretty magical time for the Phillies. Hey, there was, I, there, was
6: there, there, there was one I left out. And it really wasn't a trade, but we, we did trade it. But I don't know what we got back is when Dutch got traded to Miami and they went on to win the uh, the yeah. World Series. He, right. he was huge in that club. Uh, Jim Leland to this day says he was the biggest part of us yeah. turning this thing around and, you know, his leadership and everything. So there's, like Charlie said, most of them are pretty good deals, but there there's a lot more pressure on the guys coming over to a contending team as opposed to going to a, a last place team. So yeah. people got to keep that in mind. It's different.
0: Jim Eisenreich tells a great story about the day that Darren Dalton arrived in uh, in Miami as a new member of the Marlins. Um, he had been there maybe two or three days and called a team meeting and right. kind of laid it out for everybody. As a, a, you know, he'd been there not even a week. And right. uh, he, he tells the story on the podcast. So if you go back and listen to the Jim Eisenreich episode, <laughs> it's a great story and just shows you what kind of leader Darren Dalton was and how important he was, obviously not to the Phillies, but also to that Marlins team that won the World Series. That's, that's a really good one. All right. Trade deadline deals, uh, mostly good that we, uh, that we remember here, and that makes a lot of sense. All right. We're going to take a
2: quick break, but more to come here on Glove Stories. So stay with us. Welcome to This Week in Philly Baseball History, presented by Scheib Vintage Sports. This week in 2015, Cole Hamels threw a no-hitter in his final start with Philadelphia. The left-hander struck out 13 Chicago hitters in a 5-0 win at Wrigley Field. Hamels, Terry Mulholland, and Johnny Lush are the only Philadelphia left-handers to throw a no-hitter. Celebrate more Philly sports history with clothing from Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them at 13th and Walnut Streets or at sharpsports.com. The
0: all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app is here for both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Get in on all the action, whether it's baseball, the basketball and hockey playoffs, golf, all your favorite sports. Download the all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app and make your first bet risk free up to $750. Bet more than the score. Bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, and strikeouts. Bet innings, first team to score, and more. Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. Sportsbook and all your favorite casino games for real money, all in one amazing app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. Download right now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at BetParks.com and use my promo code, Murph. Bet Parks is also an official proud betting operator of the PGA Tour. The all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. You must be 21 and in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Phillies Nation is your source for breaking news, original analysis, trade insights, and more. Read today's articles at PhilliesNation.com. Glove Stories with Murph is sponsored by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, along with Shine Vintage Sports and Phillies Nation, and is a presentation of SBC Media Partners. The engineer for Glove Stories is Chad Evans. Cindy Webster is our marketing and guest relations director, and our executive producer is Roger Haddon. Whether you are watching us on YouTube or downloading the podcast from one of the major podcast providers like Apple, Google, or Spotify, make sure to hit like and subscribe so that we can let you know when a new episode of Glove Stories is available. We'll release new episodes weekly throughout the 2022 Major League Baseball season.